Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. The Breakfast Brief on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle. Ellie Danker, Barty Jagdish and Ryan Huang was having breakfast with Ryan Huang yesterday and he was mistaken for actor T. Ping Hui. Wow. Are you, still, are you still gloating in that glory? It happens quite a lot these days. <laughs> I don't know why. What? Taping we in particular or just being yeah. mistaken for celebrities? Yeah, people have been calling me, you know, lookalike and oh. sometimes they even call me taping siu tai. Taping siu Because tai. I'm too sweet. See your muscles? Oh. Okay. Yeah. Okay, almost like taping yeah. we. I think you look better I than taping we. Yeah. Some angles sometimes. Better than taping we. Take my word okay. for it. We've got to call Mr. Tay and ask him what he thinks. <laughs> I didn't expect that response from you, uh, Ryan, <laughs> and neither did I expect tech to be oh, such a... a compliment though. Yeah. You thought it was a compliment? Yeah. Have you actually met Taping Wee before? Yeah, I used to hang out with him all the time. Oh, friends. Back in the day. That was a long time ago. So We were working in the same compound. Oh. Yeah, so I think a lot of the good looks just rubbed off on you during those yeah, interactions. Yeah, you spend enough time with people, you kind of look like them eventually. Yep. Okay, well, let's talk about the markets. I noticed there was a big drag mm. on, I, I honestly still don't know how to react to that, but there was a big drag on tech overnight. What are we observing here? I mean, Facebook, Meta in particular, is uh, definitely one to talk about. It is. So you've got tech really in focus these days. And this is around how I've been talking about how we might be seeing actually even more rate hikes than what people have been talking about. We talked about three late last year, then went to four and then five. And now there's even talk about seven. And the forecast here is coming through from Bank of America. And this is around how we got a robust jobs data report last Friday. And then there's going to be the inflation data coming out on Thursday. So a lot being priced in these days around what might happen with the rate hikes. And that is going to pose even more headwinds for tech, which has already seen investors starting to question valuations. You know, all the good run-up that has been happening in the past few years. You know, is it time to take profit and go elsewhere? And right at the top of the list is Facebook because uh, we've seen in its recent earnings report how they outline slowing growth for their subscriber numbers. Mm. Here's a new development that we alluded to earlier as well. The fact that it is considering shutting down Facebook and Instagram in Europe if it can't keep transferring user data back to the US. Yeah, this is going to be interesting because if you talk about shutting down Facebook and Instagram, it's already complaining or at least saying they are looking at subscriber growth numbers dropping. What's going to happen if you take out Facebook and Instagram out of Europe? It's going to get even worse. And this is all around how these data privacy rules in Europe usually more stringent. And this is how it's playing out right now. It is a bit of a standoff between big tech and regulators now in Europe talking about how data shouldn't be transferred across regions. And now you've got Facebook making a stand that, hey, if you don't want our product, we'll just take it away. So we'll see if they actually stick to their guns. A couple of other interesting stories that we're tracking, uh, and this is one that was brought up in just a while ago. Australians will allow international travellers to enter the country once again. That ends two years of uh, some kind of you know, sort of a lockdown, tough mm. border controls. You wonder just how many people are going to take this up. Yeah, it's good news because with border restrictions, um, and in this case, Australia looking to allow international travellers from February 21st and they have to be double, at least double vaccinated mm. for tourists and visa holders. Uh, so this is after, like you pointed out, two years. So you are looking at 
a lot of countries for various reasons starting to reopen their borders and this is good news for their economies because this means you will now get a more stable source of um, I guess revenue when you look at tourism yeah. students backpackers students, tourists yeah. all that really drives the economy at least in Australia and if you look at how this would mean for the economy when you look at labour flows that is also going to be good news so to a certain extent countries are starting to calibrate that balance mm-hmm. between the economy and living with the uh, pandemic and this so far has seen Airline stocks going up in Australia. Qantas Airways higher by 4.6% after that announcement. And booking company travel, corporate travel management was up 7%. Right, of course, uh, countries that are opening up are also warning, and this includes Australia, that recovery will be slow in spite of the fact that they're opening up. Mm. And in this vein, there is another development concerning Thailand. It plans to hold travel bubble talks with China and Malaysia this month, I understand. Yes, this seems to be a trend across the region. You know, we've got more countries talking about travel bubbles, and in this case, Thailand talking about travel bubbles with China and Malaysia. So these are huge tourism markets for Thailand. I think they are the number one or and at least in the top five. And you've got them talking about resuming a quarantine-free visa program to just boost tourism arrivals. Right now, you can go to Thailand in some cases, but you are subject to testing and quarantines. But in this case, they're talking about travel bubbles to have special arrangements for those um, travel bubbles. Okay, this is an interesting one. A football club that's uh, listed and it seems that some ex-players of this club are getting involved with some rich Singaporeans as well. This might be one for you, Elliot, because you are a Manchester United fan. I am indeed, yes. I'm not sure how big of a fan you are. Maybe this could appeal to you. So we've Mm. got ex-menu players forming a sports venture with some really rich Singaporeans. So what's involved here? If you had to hazard a guess and you guess crypto, then you would be right. Uh. So this involves Gary Neville and Paul Scholes okay. teaming up with Peter Lim and his son, Kiet Lim. So you might know Peter Lim as one of the mm. high-profile investors in Singapore. He's also the owner of Valentia FC yes. in Spain. So he's got a name in both circles, investing and football. So I think it's a combination here where you've got his son as one of the entrepreneurs in the crypto space. Right. Just putting all the things together. So here you have what's called a DAO, a decentralized Autonomous organization. Um, so, in short, it's a bit of a distributed governance model uh, where things are just broken up into many pieces and distributed to investors. In this case, they th- they say small-time investors or fans can have a piece of the action with very small costs. So right. that's basically the sales pitch. But in terms of details, we don't have an exact picture how this will pan out. But we do know the name at least. It's called CO92DAO and this is named after the mm. squad of 1992. Remember the class of 1992? I'll get involved if David Beckham's involved. <laughs> that's what I'm waiting for. Okay, but in spite of the fact that the project is expected to be decentralized, yeah, they are called decentralized projects mm. and they have gained popularity in some quarters. I understand there are also many critics who say that in reality, decision making power is often concentrated among yeah, just the this few. This is a very new thing that is um, just taking place. You know, how this governance model is playing out in such projects. Um, you can 
uh, in this case, uh, look forward to a public token sale. They say no minimum amount is needed to take part, but the specifics of the allocation will be announced in due course. And you pointed out the criticism. Um, sometimes with those tokens, you could see the founders or some shareholders at least holding a majority of those tokens. And in this case, the sales pitch is, you, know, you can be part of the decision-making process if you hold some of the tokens. So it really depends what sort of ownership, what sort of projects are being put up and how all this pans out. But it's also worth noting, if you want a size of menu, you can actually buy a stock which is now yeah. listed on the New York Stock Exchange. And so far in the past year, it's down... 16%. Yep, just like the leak position. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.